this is Jonathan Armstrong. I'm here with Eric Sinrod for this week's Tech Law 10 podcast. Now, Eric, you were kind enough last week to lend us your president, for which many <laughs> thanks. And in return, it seems that you want the loan of GDPR, or at least some of your states are trying to <laughs> implement GDPR-like legislation. What's that about? Well, I hadn't thought about it that way, so interesting comment. Uh, maybe you'll uh, give us your GDPR perspective on what I say in a moment. But, yes, um, the topic today is essentially another state passes a law here to protect consumer data. So, basically, Jonathan, states are taking online consumer protection into their own hands here because of perceived lack of sufficient protection at the federal level. And now drum roll, please. The great state of Maine has jumped in. Uh, Indeed, Janet Mills, who's the governor of Maine, I know you know that, Jonathan, am I right? Is she the daughter of General Mills? (laughs) Okay. Jonathan's going on holiday tomorrow. You can tell he's already punchy in advance. Uh, Janet Mills is the governor of Maine, and she just signed into law arguably one of the strongest privacy laws Uh, in the United States. Uh, This law is called the Act to Protect the Privacy... Sorry for the noise in the background here. I need to turn on the volume on my computer. The Act um, is one of the strongest privacy bills, and it's called the Act to Protect the Privacy of Online Consumer Information, and it goes into effect, effect very soon, on July 1st, and it prohibits Internet service providers from using, selling, or distributing data from consumers without um, obtaining their consent. So basically, this new state law bars Internet service providers from refusing to serve consumers, uh, from penalizing consumers or offering them discounts to seek to gain their permission to sell their data. So I hope that all makes sense. And this bold step by name follows in the footsteps of California, a state, you know, my home state, of course, and a very major state in the United States, not to put down Maine, but it's a state which passed a complicated online privacy law last year. Um, That law, the California law, you know, there's been some time for reflection, and it's been applauded by privacy activists and criticized in certain respects by the tech industry, and it's it's pretty sick. There's a lot to it. So let's go back to the Maine law. This is the one that's just coming to effect on July 1st, At first blush, it actually may be even more robust than the California law. And some thought the California law went too far. The main law, which maybe you'll tell us is more along the European model, is opt-in in nature, requiring explicit, explicit consent from consumers before Internet service providers can sell their data. The California law is more common in the U.S. in this respect. It's opt-out in effect making consumers affirmatively request that their data not be sold. So you might be asking, Jonathan, and I know you are, what's the genesis of this new main law? And it seems to be patterned after a prior federal communications measure, uh, a measure that was removed by the Trump administration in 2017. So it's patterned after that. The federal government got rid of it. Maine, the great state of Maine, is stepping in. And so I think it's because of the administration nullification, the Trump administration nullification, 
that states like Maine are starting to enter the fray to seek greater consumer protection. And to me, and tell me if it's true for you, this is reminiscent of when states pass laws dealing with, for example, unsolicited commercial email before Congress enacted the Can-Spam Act at the federal level. It's also a reminder of what various states have been doing addressing data breach notifications. I think this patchwork of different state laws is not ideal in the long run. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad for a state to try to take the lead um, and try to affect protection for consumers necessarily, but it's difficult for Internet service providers to know how to guide their practices when their customers, of course, are located in various states with different laws. So when in doubt, in such a context, uh, Internet service providers arguably, excuse me, I can't speak today, arguably would be best served by honoring the dictates of the state with the most strict law on the books to make sure they are not violating any law. Because, of course, if you're complying with the most strict law, then necessarily you should be complying with the less strict laws in other states. Um, footnote, Internet service providers obviously should seek specific legal advice from skilled counsel when handling these issues and not just rely upon uh, an informational podcast. We do not advise that. Um, but as we see, a strict law in just one state, even a small state like Maine, with the governor, as you say, General Mills, can have a major impact when the federal government creates a void. Because if Maine has, creates a very high bar um, and Internet service providers feel that they must comply with that and, and maybe even nationwide, just to be sure, that says something. So, Jonathan Armstrong, Mr. GDPR, what say you? Yeah, I think it's interesting. We certainly had that debate with you know, you know, in our case, national laws versus laws across the EU. So as you'll probably remember, pre-GDPR, we had a directive which was effectively a skeleton of law, and each member state put the flesh on that skeleton. And there were different uh, bodies constructed following the directive, and that led to a lot of inconsistency and increased the cost of compliance because in GDPR terms or in data protection terms in the EU, of course, some countries are stricter on some things than others. So there was no one country that was stricter than all of the others. Some cared more about you know, dental records as a throwback to the Nazi regime. Some cared more about closed-circuit TV surveillance camera images because they'd had an episode of people filming, changing rooms in retail outlets, etc., etc. So often the history of the nation in, 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 uh, uh, under observation, if you like, had imprinted itself on the law of that country. The, the data protection law inherited, if you like, the concerns of its citizens. And that led for inconsistencies. And the theory, at least was that GDPR would iron out those inconsistencies in much the same way that, theoretically at least, a federal law would iron out the inconsistencies in, in, in state laws in the U.S. Where GDPR has failed, I guess, in some respects, is that whilst the law 
might be consistent, and, and, and by the way it isn't, but let's assume it is, uh, enforcement isn't consistent. So again, the temptation is from some prosecutors to play to the gallery. If, if the people in their country object to surveillance or artificial intelligence or the transfer of health records, then the enforcement activity uh, reflects, reflects that. So organizations have still got to think global, act local. And I guess one worry of the U.S. system is if it does, you know, if privacy law 2.0 in the U.S. is built upon a state-by-state -state level, then even if we can take the strictest state, it's still going to increase the cost and complexity of compliance, isn't it? Yeah, it's complicated. I think you make really good points, and thank you for sharing the perspective with respect to GDPR. Um, but we'll have to see where this goes. Um, you know, will you know the lead from certain states like Maine and California create a wave of other states uh, also enacting uh, strict uh, consumer protection laws, which ultimately then could maybe encourage the federal government to step in to create some uniformity? Do we get uniformity if ISP simply decide to adhere to the strict law of the, the state that has the, the, the most, um, um, how should I say this, burdensome requirements. Um, we will see. I mean, we've seen it in other contexts, but plainly uh, state, certain state legislatures are not happy with this perceived void created by the federal government when it comes to protecting consumers and their data. So, I think we're probably at our 10. So this is Eric Sinrod and Dwayne Morris. Thank you for joining us again. As always, please contact us and let us know of topics you'd like us to cover. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. You can find me at ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. Jonathan, perhaps as your final act before you go on holiday, why don't you wrap this up? Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Eric. Um, obviously, Stephen King was a famous resident of uh, of Maine, so thanks for telling us about uh, the shining <laughs> example from, from Maine. Uh, this is uh, Jonathan Armstrong at Cordry, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. Do connect with us, suggest topics, uh, do engage with us on this one, and we'll speak to you again when I'm back from vacation. Speak yeah, to you, sure. you sound ready for holidays. Cheers, all. That's right. <laughs> bye -bye. Take care, bye.